You're listening to the AfterBuzz TV Network. Now the largest new media platform on the web and your number one source for after-show entertainment. Very good, The AfterBuzz Studios in Los Angeles, California. Presented by Maria Menunos and Bing.com and streaming live thanks to Akamai Technologies. This is AfterBuzz TV's Scandal After Show. We'll break down tonight's episode and get you all the latest news and gossip. If you'd like to buzz in on tonight's show, you can buzz us at 424 256 1729. That's 424 424- 256-1729. And now, another post-game wrap-up show for your favorite TV show. It's After Buzz TV Scandal After Show. Hello, gladiators. Bing is for doing, and we are here doing another after show for Scandal. This is season two, episode nine. Blown away. Thank you. <laughs> and it was our winter finale, and um, we definitely enjoyed the episode. As always, I'm your host, Emil Anish Jr., and I'm joined here with my other amazing gladiators who I love very much, and I'm very sad I won't see them for three weeks. But next to me we have... Hey, what's up, everybody? I'm Canelia. Hey, everyone. I'm Sophia Stanley. <laughs> that was such a sexy voice. I am so... I'm so... <laughs> I'm Bam I'm Bam Erickson. You remember last week because in the in the oh, oh. all right. Anyway, so we're gonna start with scandal pace. And do we have any calls, Martin? Okay, we do have a call. So Carla, are you on the line? Hi, how are you? Hello, Hi. who are we speaking with? I'm April. April. App Dick. Oh, you know what? You are the perfect person to be on the line because in this episode, obviously we find out that Becky was more than what we said. And I remember you were in the tweets where I did a bet with Bam. So I need you to remind me what I betted with Bam. Okay. You betted that you were going to sing if we were incorrect. Okay. Okay. If Becky was a regular chick or whatever. I don't remember what you were supposed to, like, what we were supposed to give you, but I'm not giving you any money. That's why I called to tell you. <laughs> we bet with we bet with our uh, Twitter fans and friends about the situation with Becky and Huck. Bam lost the bet. I did. But we don't know what Bam was supposed to give Emil. So now we have to come up with an idea. Tweet us if you have an idea of what Bam should do to... Uh, to um, show that he lost the bet. Money, please. Le- please. Tweet us. <laughs> oh, man, Bam. I was on your side, man. I really was. <laughs> Thank you so much. But I knew, as this, I knew as the episodes were progressing, I knew I was wrong, which is why I've been kind of keeping quiet about it. That little apology ain't going to work. It ain't going to work. Still, please still come up with a bet so he can give me some money. Thank you, guys. Um, but quickly, April, what did you think about the episode? <laughs> The episode had me fall off the wagon. I was drinking Jack Daniels, smoking cigarettes. I was stressed, okay? <laughs> um, my whole life is in shambles right now. Uh, but the, the episode was, like, really great. My mouth was hanging open all night. I was just really shocked, and I was mad and happy and mad at the same time. 
Well, we are so happy you called. It's nice to finally hear your voice and, and feel like we're finally meeting you because we treat you all the time. But um, make sure you continue to interact with us on Twitter and on Facebook. I saw you left a comment on my, my wall today about the bet. But um, yeah. <laughs> make sure you stay in touch with us. And um, we thank you for calling. No problem. Love you guys. All Have right. a good night. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right, guys. So uh, more to come about that that bet. But let's get into this episode. Um, so it started with our um, our favorite president, not Sally Langston, who is now the president, I guess. And she's given a speech about former President Grant. If we want to say former, I still don't want to say former. He's still the yeah. president. Um, she's given a speech about President Grant and basically kind of ushering him out of the, the limelight so she can move on to topics relating to her. Um, and, you know, right after that, we see Harrison in the office where they're actually doing a pan because during her speech, they were showing different scenes of people who were sleeping and listening because it was on everybody's TV. And um, we get to Harrison sleep in Olivia Pope and Associates and Huck comes up to Harrison and basically says, I'm the guy that you guys are looking for. Um, and, you know, now that we know how the episode was going along, at first I thought it was a little out of place. He would go back to Olivia Pope and Associates if he really was the killer. Where else is he going to go? Well, if he was the killer, I don't think he would go back there. But. Now we know he's not the killer, so. Well, maybe, because Huck kills people all the time, and he goes back to work every day. You <laughs> know what true. I mean? <laughs> that Huck, is true. Huck is out here murking people, and he goes to work like nothing ever happened. He has an addiction. <laughs> but I mean? true, but I think, and I think several people have said this online, as well as the fact that I, I'm almost positive that we said it here in the studio. Huck doesn't kill people via sniper. Huck's specialty is one of two things. It's torture, number one. Or it's killing people in a way that it seems like it's from natural causes. So he is a lot more sly and covert than perhaps a sniper, number one. Number two, specifically a sniper who would kill someone like the president. And that's why, just fast forwarding a little bit, when Becky says, you killed three world leaders, she specifically mentions, yes, it looked like it was natural causes, but I know you killed them. So I think that of all reasons, it did seem weird that he was coming back no matter whether or not he did it or not, because we already said he was a little bit nervous and obviously had left clues in a way that he potentially could be bringing harm to Olivia Pope and Associates, which I think is never what Huck wants to do. Now, one of the the interesting scenes, you know, a couple episodes ago, Harrison had his breakout moment and um, Olivia basically put him in charge and let him know he could handle the situation. So we kind of saw a little bit of that this episode where uh, we go back to the office and Huck is at the office. Harrison is trying to deal with it. He calls Olivia and basically says, I need you back here. And she says, I'm dealing with the situation. I can't right now. And after a little bit of a banter, finally, we get to get your ass back here. And now. I was like, whoa. Yeah. Well, I was waiting to see that moment because it, it, I think for her, even though she was dealing with that situation, she has to understand, too, obviously, if one of your associates is calling, they know what situation you're dealing with and it's probably pertinent to that situation. Um, but it just goes back to Olivia pretty much constantly being off, not constantly, but being off her game. Actually, no, constantly because, what's up? I can see why Olivia, you know, that's how she is when when people want her. What? I'm busy. Call me later. You know, even when even when she was interacting with David, she's very what? What do you want? I'm busy. Leave me alone. So that's kind of that's that's kind of her. That's kind of her thing. And Harrison knew that. And so Harrison knew to show the severity of how important it was for her to get there. He had to come bring it. Get your ass here now. 
she knew exactly by him saying it and using that tone that, okay, he's for real. I need, this is not something that, that I can normally just brush, brush, uh, brush to the side and let them deal with. By his tone of voice, she knew exactly what he meant. Therefore, she brought her ass down there immediately. It's kind of, I mean, this is a stretch, but when um, the president was, they were in the car together and when the president summoned her there to the woods uh-huh, uh-huh, and yeah. the president was telling her to get out the car and she didn't get out until he said, get out the car now or whatever. I don't remember exactly what he said, but you, you remember the scene yeah, I'm talking it about. Was a, it was a very, um, a harsh tone. Right. Because yeah. Olivia, I think being the person she is, sometimes she just needs that little push, that kind of forceful tone in order to let her know, okay, they're serious now. Does that make sense? Yeah. It makes perfect sense. I'm going to play devil's advocate because I like to. <laughs> um, I think it's also Olivia literally wasn't listening. So when he said, I can't discuss it over the phone, think about the dynamics of what's going on in the world and think about the role that Olivia plays. I think what she did was she stepped back into being the press secretary so fully. So think about it. When she first answered the phone, she said, I'm going to be here for a while longer, meaning playing the press secretary. Mm That's not what he was calling about. Like, she wasn't even listening. And so then when she's like, well, just tell me now, he was like, I, I can't over the phone lines. A, he's not a child. B, he's not a client. And C, for all intents and purposes, he's Olivia Pope. So when Olivia Pope says, come here, I need you now, kind of give him the same level of deference that you would expect for people to do to you. And so I think it was necessary for him to, in some senses, come out of his mouth with those words because it's actually so unlike Harrison. Mm -hmm. Harrison may be fast talking, but Harrison has never season one or season two ever been disrespectful. That's true. So I think that that was necessary for her to know, not necessarily by the tone of telling her to do it, but because it was so out of character, she then knew wait a minute, something's going on. Yeah. So I think that's what it was for. Yeah. I agree. Yeah, I definitely agree. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's talk a little bit about Becky. Huck um, told us when he was recounting the story, he uh, said that Becky called him and she was saying that she was scared and um, she needed help. She gave him a room number and then when he got there, the rifle was already in there and it was set to go. And pretty much when he walked in the room, the rifle went off. Um, it was an automatic rifle. And then um, he got the gun and he left with it because that's what he's trained to do. He's a trained killer. And that's what we saw in the previous last week. And we didn't know exactly what he meant. But now we saw. Yeah. And I've and I've said, no, he's a trained fixer. Mm. What he did was he fixed it. That's what he's trained to do. Because he didn't kill. He cleaned up the scene, right, right. which is what which they, is what as does. Olivia Pope and Associates, that's what they do. <laughs> and it, so it goes, that he could bring the gun back and they could solve the problem. It goes back to what we said last week because there were so many signs where if he was really the killer... Even though he's not trained in that, or he's trained, but he's not specializing in that particular type of killing, he would still know the proper protocol in order to make sure that he wasn't going to get caught, caught in the future. Yeah. And that just didn't seem like Huck in any way. So that's kind of how we knew that, that he, he didn't do it. And right. Plus, there was other things that maybe we'll talk about um, uh, uh, later in regards to how how the um, what's the the girl who died, the press secretary. Press secretary. I'm still up. I still have a big question mark yeah, in regards to that because, again, if like like you know, like we said, if Huck was to really kill, he would not have made a mistake and killed the press secretary. If it was a mistake, if it was, you know, I think it. Well, I think something's not right. But I we mean, we're on that. that scene. We can go ahead and talk about it quickly um, because my question was: I don't know how these 
rifles work and you know i want to do more research after this after show but it's just automatic rifle how did it know you know if it was set to go off on the president how did it know to go from the press secretaries over here to the president over here and i'm i'm presuming that just like he said it's like a model airplane someone else is watching so there's a camera in the gun so someone else is literally seeing the same eyesight line Mm -hmm. as the gun so they're they're literally aiming as if they were there. It's just remote controlled somewhere else. And so they're so the shots are very deliberate. And that means someone was watching from somewhere else. So the press secretary was an accident then. I don't, I don't think I don't think she was an accident. Later on, we'll talk about it. But was it was she supposed to be standing at that position, or was someone else supposed to be in that position? And then we can again, get to that later. And but. then again, because she brought the information to Olivia, that's that's reason enough for maybe why somebody wanted to go after her. And the information we're talking about is the um, the Cytron yeah. issue when she was the one who told Olivia what happened, who put it on her radar initially. Mm-hmm. But, right. I, but going back to what you said, though, just now, if there was somebody watching, though, then they would see this, the press secretary, not somebody else. So No, I think it was deliberate. Yeah, I think they, there was there's there's absolutely no mistake. I think the only mistake, if any is the president. And the only reason being is just because you never know how quickly Secret Service is going to react. So I think that they may have maybe meant to shoot him, whether or not they meant to kill him or not. That's still up in the air. But the shot to the press secretary was a very direct shot. And we were discussing um, via Twitter, like I literally woke up last night and was like the reporter. I erroneously thought that the seven individuals that were killed at Cytron, that somehow one of those seven was the original reporter who basically started to piece together this election fraud or the election tampering with the, the, the polling machines. And it could have been her. And the reporter wasn't one of the seven. So the reporter still is there, number one. Number two, the reporter was the person who first contacted the press secretary, who at the time was Olivia's second-in-command and or intern. So presumably that storyline has been going on in the back. We just weren't aware of it. So right. it's there. It, it, there, the press secretary getting shot was completely deliberate, and it obviously had, in my mind, it definitely had to do with Cytron. Yeah, I mean, we can go back and forth. Either she can or she can't. But yeah. either way, it's just kind of odd that, you know, there was president, there was Melly, and then there was her. And then, you know, you had the shots on him and then it went to her. So there's there's a lot of ways that can go. I don't think that do you. What what about the whole thing with um, with Fitz head being banged? Because that was something that was zoomed in on last week's episode, how when he got shot after the second shot, his head hit the back. His head hit the top of the limousine. I don't see from my perspective, whoever it was who was who was manning the control. Mm -hmm. They're not as good as they should have been for the job, because like Huck said, if you a long long time ago, if you want to kill somebody, you can kill someone. Mm -hmm. So the fact that they didn't take Fitz out immediately, they shot him in the chest. They shot him in in the abdomen, it looked like and in the head. They could have hit him dead point in the head and that would have ended it. Mm -hmm. They shot the press secretary. It was an accurate shot. (laughs) So whoever did this to me. It just seems like an amateur job. It didn't seem it didn't seem like the way it could have been handled. They could have mm. they could have they could have t- taken him out. Technically, and this has been floating around, there still can be two guns. Oh, the that's rifle true. that had the remote control, that's the rifle that shot Fitz, mm-hmm. which makes sense that regardless of technology being in another room, viewing it through a sight line is completely different than literally being there and being able to to make a change, whether or not it's wind or movement or so forth and so on. 
that's one gun. That gun shot the president. The, the other, other gun, gun that shot the press secretary, it's still a different gun. Yes. I don't know if it's the same shooter, I think but it's, it's still a different gun. You are high, high five. And we're going yeah. to have to move on. because. But I completely agree, and not even said that. Remember when Huck walked into the room, there was a pause before the gunshots went off. That gun didn't move. That gun was still in a steady spot. It didn't yes, ever it didn't switch move. from, you know what I mean? It yeah. didn't sway at all. So. No. Um, so after that, the associates start researching Becky, and we find out that her name is Rebecca Flynn, and she goes to church, and she's, um, according to Huck, addicted to cocaine. And that's when we find out that Huck is, or they find out that Huck's been going to AA meetings, and you know he says, I'm addicted to, to other things. Um, and then he he said that it couldn't have been her. A trained person had to do it. And then Quinn chimed in and said someone like you. Um, we'll talk about Quinn later, how we feel about her. But um, then we go to David and um, David is at the the, 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 the press the podium. Press, yeah. And he's they're giving the release about who the, the suspect is and the picture and everything. And David looks over at the description of the suspect. Do you guys think that he recognized that could have been Huck? I think on an unconscious level. I don't think consciously, but on an unconscious level. Maybe that level, guy looks was, familiar. Exactly. Okay. Um, and then President Langston, we find out, kicks Cyrus out of the office, and Cyrus is at home, and, you know, he's chilling, and he gets a call from his mother-in-law, and at first, you know, we didn't connect the dots as to what this call is about, because I was like, why is this conversation going on for so long? I was really thinking that. And then um, we find out that the mother-in-law was calling to see when James was going to be visiting again, and that's when we find out that James, um, or... Cyrus finds out that James actually didn't go to Ohio to visit his dad and we don't know where he was. And so then Cyrus, you know, mind starts turning, trying to figure out exactly where he was. And he realized that his husband has basically been lying to him. Mm -hmm. Um, And we'll find out later on the episode, you know, what he does to resolve that. And then we go back to the office with Hollis. Hollis is giving Sally Langston an envelope and we don't know what's inside this envelope, but obviously Hollis has his own motives and we know that he's been a little salty ever since Cyrus turned against him. Um, but I didn't... What did you guys think was in there? It's the pipeline. The The entire Cytron scandal is because Hollis wants, right? Isn't it that po- Hollis wants a pipeline? Yes. An oil pipeline that goes directly through... Somebody help me if my Twitter's working. <laughs> Tweet me. I can't decide if it goes through Alaska or if it goes through Middle America. But there's a pipeline that goes through the United States. And remember, it's going to be a, a huge if issue from the left in terms of from, from a green because they're going to have to, like, cut down trees and go through forests and all that kind oh. of stuff like that. That's the whole reason that he wanted Fitz elected. So in the envelope was that. So then he just verbally told Verna no, no, the information? In the envelope was the information about Verna. Yeah, that's because what I she thought. Had oh, the, that's my what I was bad. Asking, yes. Yeah. She yes. still had the envelope when she went to talk to Verna. And she gave it to Verna like, this is what, this is, you have cancer. Right. So my yes. question was, is it just information about Verna, just enough information that she can use to get what she wanted or what he wanted and what she needed in order to get Verna out of the office? Is that what it was? That's what I think. It was the same thing the way Fitz gave uh, Sally the envelope about the abortion. Mm. This was the same kind of envelope that she gave Verna about the cancer. But when she was having that conversation with Verna, I wanted Verna to throw down that abortion card. She probably doesn't know. But if you want to if you want to go toe to toe with a beast, you have to fight till the end. Mm-hmm. Verna, Verna has some tricks up her sleeve, but this trick she that she could have, she doesn't know anything about. And someone may need to tell her because the minute you, you put down, put down that abortion card to Sally, she probably would have backed up a little bit. Maybe not all the way, but Sally has this idea that now oh, Verna, on Verna, I have everything on you and you have nothing on me. I'm the president and now you have to take it. Sometimes you got to 
sometimes you have to, you can't show your hand, but you got to let people know that you have a hand in return. You mm-hmm. can't just sit. You, she, I mean, she went right for the esophagus. I mean, mm-hmm. she went she right did. in the throat. Like she, that was it. She did. And, and Ver, I mean, Verna and, was, she's in a bad situation. But I do think that something's going to come back and bite Sally. I mean, she, like you said, she threw, she laid all, she laid all her cards out there. And so I think that at, I think at some point, Sally's going to, you know, she's going to get it. I hope so. I mean, Sally, Sally came into the Oval Office as a snake. She came in like, like this was just the renegade era. Like she was, she's a cowboy. Verna is a cowboy. Her and Hollis are two peas in a pod. That's why it seems like he, you know, he knew to go straight to her because they're one of a kind. Mm -hmm. They're just, they just handle things differently. Hollis will kill you. Sally will just mm-hmm. snake you out, and it and it makes totally and it makes totally sense because when when um when Hollis went and had the conversation with with Olivia, he said you and Verna crossed me, so therefore, bam, to get you, uh, Olivia, let me get to Verna, let me throw this little information, let me get her out the way. Now, Olivia, you're you're next. Oh yeah, she, he's coming. Hollis is coming for everybody, and now that he has Sally. They're they're two cowboys. This is this is the Wild Wild West yeah. in the White House. Well, uh, uh, next we have ha- Harrison and Abby go to um, Becky's apartment, and it's the first time we see Becky's apartment. Looks normal. Everything looks normal. Um, and then while they're there, um, oh no, I skipped something. Quinn interrogates Huck while he's searching for for his girlfriend. Which I said I wanted to talk about Quinn later. You know. I talked, we all talked about the fact that with Quinn, um, you know, progressing, now she's, she became, we found out she's Lindsay Dwyer, and then she says she's still going to be Quinn, and she's trying to find her place in Olivia Pope and Associates. I like that, you know, she's trying to find her place, and she's trying to actually speak up now, and, you know, she's being Quinn Perkins, but at the same time, there's a time and a place, and she's completely out of line. I'm going to, I'm going to jump way on the other side. I'm going to totally disagree. I mean, listen, I'm here. I'm in this new environment. Nobody's telling me anything. Damn it, I'm tired. I'm fed up. I don't care about nobody else. Tell me what is going on. But wait. That's how she feels. Wait, 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 wait. Wait, wait, wait. Go ahead. So, I get what you're saying, but we're dealing with the president's just been shot. We see that Becky could possibly relate to this. I understand that she sees that Vernon was involved in her situation and maybe be connected. But, okay, maybe this was the proper time and place. There's a way of presenting information as to where it doesn't make Huck feel as if he is being put between two different situations. Say, hey, Huck, you know, if you think about my situation, maybe um, there's a connection between the whole Cytron thing. You know, why don't you investigate this? She's not thinking like that, and she has no connection to the president. So what? Who cares is how she feels. Okay, I'm sorry and sad that the president, but she doesn't have the connection to the president that Olivia and Huck has. So what? Who cares? It's about me. I want to know what's going on. But I, I actually think that she's using a Pope and Associates tactic. She's like, like, um, you know, hitting the hornet's nest to make all the bees go like that, so that they leave the queen unguarded. And basically, that's what she did. If she had said, if she had asked Huck calmly. He would have lied to her. That's what he's trained to do. The fact that he's looking for his girlfriend, he's off his game. And that's why she was able to say to him, so what, did you not ask or are you just lying to me, right? Is is Olivia that important? He's like, I just didn't ask. 
because he, all he wants to do is get back to finding his girlfriend. If she had asked him any other way, he could have deflected. Mm-hmm. She had to come at him hard yeah. because he's vulnerable. So she saw an opening, which is on some levels what they do, and you got to literally bulldoze right through that opening to get what you want. Good and job, she's actually man. trained. She's trained to solve problems, and that's actually what she's doing. And the irony of the situation is. She specifically said there could be a connection between Cytron and the shooting of the president. So she actually did care. She cared from a place of Mm self-interest, but the two are the same. She's still trying to solve a problem. Olivia may not be trying to solve the problem of who killed the president, but Olivia Pope and Associates, that's still their job. And that's, I think, what they're doing. Good point. Well, for Quinn, take all that. Yes, I agree. But from a regular perspective of her having this attitude and her kind of verbally attacking and, you know, just picking at everything in real life. If you have a problem with your nine to five, you have a problem with your boss, you have a problem with your coworker, you put your two weeks (laughs) resignation in and you leave. But she can't put her two weeks. She can't. Right. So then what you when you can't leave your job, what do you do? You find a way to work with your colleagues to the best of your ability. You try to stay conflict free and you try to put yourself in a situation where you can you can maximize to you can, that you can maximize your job so it can benefit you. You don't stir like I just I don't know. Like if I have a problem with my boss, mm-hmm. I'm I'm going to look for another gig. If you don't want to look for another gig, stop causing trouble at the office. I get what she's trying to do. I, I understand she doesn't know, you know, what happened. She's trying to put the pieces together. But. Just the little attitude that she has about it, she doesn't even have. She doesn't have to do that because now she's looking disgruntled. And if you're disgruntled at a regular job, you leave. Yeah, mm. I will agree to disagree. I but mean, <laughs> I, you know, she's played the nice person. Yeah. The, the the whole I get it. the whole season one and, and and part of season two, and being nice hasn't really gotten her anywhere. So she's a little fed up. That's just what I. No, think. I, and I get it. But you know what else we get? We get iTunes, so you guys make sure that you guys go to iTunes and you download and rate and keep us number one. Yes! I'm just, I'm really excited. So, okay, so you guys, yeah, make sure you guys go to um to iTunes. Make sure that you download it. It's a free podcast, and you can listen to it while you're at work or at home or in the car. Some people even say that they they watch it on their way um coming back from church. Amen. So just make sure you know by any means necessary, continue to download and rate and comment. Don't forget about the podcast, which also organizes your subscriptions to all the various shows that you have here on AfterBuzz TV. Thank you, Bam. Thank you, thank you, sir. And also, um, guys, don't forget our YouTube fans. We had tons of comments on YouTube that we have to address. Um, not address, but say thank you for, and we really appreciate you guys interacting with us. I know um, we all respond and, you know, talk to you guys. So <laughs> thank you so much. Over 100 likes on this um this last episode, which was our top one so far, already yeah. over 4,000 views, I think. Yes. So thanks so much, guys, for tuning in and listening and watching. Um, and also, don't forget, you got to tell a friend. Oh, yeah, tell yes. a friend. So if you're on iTunes or whatever medium that you watch us on, but specifically on iTunes, not only do you rate, subscribe, comment, but tell a friend. If they're not a gladiator, they should be, because Oprah is. <laughs> <laughs> and we will talk about that. Um, so, yeah, we have Harrison and Abby. They go to Becky's apartment, and Harrison couldn't get the security footage of who was or Huck leaving the apartment or leaving the hotel. So Abby had to pull her strings. She said, I know somebody who I can call. And she, we find out she called David. Mm-hmm. And David gives her the footage, but there's a little eye-locking there where, um, you know, Abby went back to this place where she was, I guess she had those feelings come back up 
Um, and it goes back to, I guess, when you're, you had a connection with someone and then you see them again after a while. And it, I guess that one didn't really end on good terms. It was love. It was love. And uh, when she saw him, though, it was a lot of things going on because there was a brief eye contact, but then it was a, a look away where she couldn't really look at him anymore. But she still, I feel like she still wanted him to long for her. Does that make sense? Or maybe it was part guilt on her her part because you know she when you cut someone off you intend to never call them. Oh ever yeah, and again. she just used him. Yeah, and so now she called him for a favor, and usually when you when someone gives you a favor and you used to date them, mm-hmm. the person who's delivering the favor has that hope like okay, so maybe this means that I'm I can kind of sneak back into her life. Mm-hmm. Abby just stood there. She had the, you know, the the pity party face. She was in. You can tell she was sad about it, but then nothing happened. So David was just left like, okay. And he kind of you see you saw how he turned around. He put his head down. He was like, all right, and he walked out because for him, he probably came over thinking, okay, so this is it. Yeah, you know, back in there. No, <laughs> I don't. I don't think David felt that necessary, but. He did it. He gave it to her because, number one, he loved her. And number two, he just wanted to see her. He wanted to look at her, just see how she's doing. You don't think he wanted anything in return? No, he needed to, he needed to, he needed to watch her body language to see how she... Okay. <laughs> yeah, he needed to see her body language. You could see him. <laughs> you can get a lot through body language. And so he was able to get the body language through her. And she gave hints that she, st- that she still loved him. And so that was really all he needed. This is funny because um, Bam and I used to do L.A. Complex after show again. He used to give like a, a relationship advice segment. <laughs> so that was like, there you go. Bam's relationship advice. Um, but but um, my question was, I was watching that scene. Did David watch the footage to see that it was Huck? Hmm. Probably. I mean, he had it. Wow. Mm, that was damn. the only question that Did I was wondering because he... Well, I mean, and think about it. He's in cohorts, and he's he's in you know his little thing with with James, and wow, I didn't think about that. You guys ponder on that for a sec. We'll ponder because um, um, we're we're gonna have another moment to come back to. It. I just mm-hmm. wonder did you guys think that he um, looked at the footage? So then we find out after researching Becky again. Becky's only been after. And been at her job for three months. Her credit cards were activated three months ago, and she's only known Huck for three months, which to any normal person would prove that she is probably not who she says she is, and she's using Huck. What's up? And let's just make sure we were all upset with Olivia for not allowing Huck to run a background mm-hmm. check. And the only caveat to that was, I presumed it meant Olivia ran a background exactly. check, which she didn't. We we talked about this in our predictions and our scandal place. We said, you know, Olivia, she didn't. There's no way that she would let Huck get involved in this relationship without doing some type of check on this girl. And the fact that today we realize that she didn't do any. T- it's clear she didn't do any type of research or anything. Um, she's off her game completely, especially somebody as vulnerable as Huck. And the fact that from what we can see, she's probably closest to Huck out of all, all the associates of that are mm-hmm. left, you would think that somebody who's trying to get involved in his life so closely to the point where he is starting to change into a better person, you want to see, I don't know, that's as a as a friend and what a best friend, almost like family, I would want to make sure that that person was right for, I don't know, that, that was completely shocking because I thought we all assumed that she was, or she would have researched or at least Huck would have researched, but Huck didn't want to research because 
Olivia told him. Olivia told him not to. Yeah, not, not to, to. Because if you love her or something, then don't do it. Yeah. And not to say that none of this would have happened because maybe they would have researched and saw all the stuff and not had any second thoughts. But, I mean, a little suspicious when everything's three months back and you can't find anything before that. I think that would have raised a red flag. But uh, what was interesting uh, going forward, what was interesting is when Quinn, Abby, and Harrison showed him the footage to, you know, kind of when friends want to sit down mm-hmm. and tell someone, you know, d- your girlfriend or boyfriend, somebody's cheating. Like, they, that, that moment, that friendship moment... He did hug did exactly what a person in that situation would do. It was kind of like an intervention when they try to, you know, mm-hmm. say something to them. They're like, no, 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 I'm not going to. Yeah. It was kind of like that. And, you know, um, I get what he's saying. But at the same time, it's only been three months. And if you have all all the evidence in front of you at the same time, it goes back because Huck is still dealing with so many issues, especially he's been off ever since the shooting when um, when Wink shot the other I mean he's been off from before that he's but not, that but I disagree let's be real how many relationships has Hug probably had in his lifetime I mean let's that's why his, but that's why his nickname is Spin for yeah. Spinster right. but I but I also think though there's a part of Huck that still is right. He was like, you missed something. They did miss something. It, it it changed the scenario, and it is possible that she could have been kidnapped and or forced to do X, Y, or Z, right? Because we're dealing on, like, a CIA level, right? Mm-hmm. She could have had a bomb in her. She could have had so many different things. So his initial feeling that something wasn't right, that, to me, is his training. The problem is, once he then saw the room... The fact that he then didn't kind of go into actually, to me, 100% Huck mode, that was the flaw. I think up until that point, I give him a tiny little bit of leeway. Well, yeah, because like you said, he he did sense that there had to be more to the story besides this little bit. So if she did just have three months of history and all this stuff, there has to be more to the story. And I you know, appreciate the fact he did go to the house and he said, I have to do this on my own, knowing that his skill set, he can probably find out what the missing piece is. But let's not forget the moment when Harrison... Stuck his chest out, <laughs> and, and, and God, that was funny because Huck, face on the face Huck on the said, table. Huck said, "You know, I'm a like I'm, I'm trained to kill, <laughs> and you know, I guess in Harrison's defense, though, you have to try. You can't. It's better to try and fail than not try at all. Mm, poor thing. But I mean, he had to do something. I, he yeah. knew that he couldn't stop him, but at least he can say he tried. Um, which I, I'm going to talk about Harrison later because I'm still nervous about that. Um, but. When he got to the house and saw the room, I'm in complete agreement because I figured that that I was waiting him to say, oh, my God, we have to find this girl and make sure she gets like the FBI needs to see this room and we connect the dots and everything. But he was more focused on trying to get in contact with her so he could see her face and reconnect. And it's a typical chicken head move. He's in love. <laughs> He's in love. He's okay. in chicken head okay. mode. But wait, 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 wait. He's in denial. Wait, 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 wait. If I met somebody three months ago, I fall in love with them. (laughs) And then I go to love. And I believe it was love because they had a close connection. She identified with him. They... If I fall in love with them and I go to their house after I find out that they were potentially the ones responsible for killing or shooting the president, I go to their house. I still don't believe that they did it. And there's some, you know, underlying story. I find a secret room with my picture off the wall and uh, clearly evidence they've been tracking me for months. And the fact that, you know, everything about our relationship isn't organic and you've been basically trying to figure out what you can do to get to know me and to trick me. And it's not really love. I wouldn't still be like, 
oh, I got to find Becky and so I can... I, uh, no, like, bitch is crazy. <laughs> I mean, just being honest, she's crazy. <laughs> and I feel my life is in jeopardy and I don't want to go closer. I want to make sure that she gets behind bars in a closed room, like solitary confinement with the little white straps behind. Like, I'm just being real. That wouldn't turn me on. Like, that's some twisted stuff. We can get to that sex scene. That's some twisted stuff. No, I agree. I totally agree. I understand it's his first love. I'm just saying that's some twisted stuff. If but, I, but this is Huck. Think about it. This is Huck. A Huck. <laughs> is that a turn on? Oh, damn. She got those so, pictures of me so, in the room. Huck mm. took her to stalk a family, and she kissed them in the mouth. Like, Thank yeah, you. Like, celebrating the fact that they were, you know, together, and he was sharing the fact that he's stalking this family. Abby... Went into David's house, saw a wall full of stuff. Her picture, Olivia's picture, her closest friends, people who are basically like her family. Abby comes back, gets butt naked in the shower <laughs> with David. So basically, Olivia Pope and Associates. <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm going to back this up for a minute. Crazy, they're not crazy. Take Abby out of it because I just want to recap the fact that Abby <laughs> got, butt got butt naked in the shower after she saw the, whatever. Huck has never been in he has never probably had this type of connection with anybody at all. And when you share something so spooky with someone and they accept you for it, to him it probably meant, you know what, she accepts me for who I am. There must be a reason why she's doing this. It's not really her. Like, you know what I mean? He probably gave her the benefit of the doubt thinking maybe, you know, somebody's making her do this or that's it. This isn't probably, you know, her intention. But this is like Huck's probably his first girlfriend. This this is it. And then this is where it gets tricky. Do we believe her up until the point where he then sold her out? Right. Was she going to run away with him? I didn't believe that for one second. And I agree with you, but just for the sake of argument, right? Let's say she really was like, oh, yeah, let's run away together. Like, she, just like she said, she could have set him up in a way that it would have been, without a doubt, his DNA was there, if I wanted to kill you, all of those things. So unless it's her intent is to mess with him, which we see could, in fact, I'm I'm literally talking about both sides of my mouth. Mm -hmm. They could have run off together because not only to piggyback off of what Cornelia said, she didn't just know him. She actually really knew him because she had researched him and she knows even the Huck he was beforehand. So even though he was not aware of that, her connection to him was seeing him completely. So even if he consciously didn't know that, he felt that. And that's why he was conflicted. And even the fact that when they had that nasty sex scene, on the table with the pictures of him, the collage. They just ended that kinky on the floor. He asked, oh, it was on the floor? Mm-hmm. Okay. When he asked her again, what's your name? She still avoided the question. So his mind's clouded. And so I'm going to stick with my chicken head comment. And we'll talk about that. We're, we're going to get to all that. Um, we talked about Verna getting a visit from Sally Langston in the hospital. Um, Without a wig on. <laughs> I mean, she has cancer. I mean, but I thought, but I thought that scene was very powerful for a multitude of reasons. Me too. It shows that she literally was weak, mm-hmm. and that's why she was susceptible. Because we've never, even though we were fully aware that Verna had cancer, at that moment I actually got confused. I didn't realize it was a wig. I thought she had all of a sudden progressively gotten worse mm-hmm. until I saw the wig on the side. So even. Somehow, I don't know, and maybe it's because, again, Olivia is busy, right? 
why was, I know that Sally Langston is now the president, but why was the president allowed in her room so quickly that she wasn't able to compose herself and put on right, her wig? Right. So she literally was unguarded. She was naked, for lack of a better word. And I think that's why Sally was able to throw a right hook and it knocked her off. And with the exception of Olivia, the Fab Five, they have no honor. Like, None. they're falling apart. Like, they're they're grasping. Like, they're really collectively in it for themselves. And that's why it left the hole open for Verna to sell out Olivia. Because that's what she's doing. Yeah. Yeah, and they never had any from the beginning. Because if you remember, in this episode, Hollis said to Olivia, you and Verna went behind my back and saved Lindsay Dwyer with, you know, even though I told you not to. So from the beginning, they've all been their own individual entity. Yeah. It's just now that we're seeing it coming ahead. Mm-hmm. Completely makes sense. Um, then we go to, well, obviously we know Verna told Sally, or Sally told Verna to step down. Um, then we go to <laughs> Cyrus and James. They're having lunch. And once again, James still doesn't reveal who he went to see in Ohio. But um, Cyrus grabbed his phone and looked to see that there was a call log and he's been talking to somebody every single day, multiple times throughout the day. This scene threw me off because Cyrus, he, it was a Mm buildup for him to, for him to play his husband. And I thought that was really smart. Um, I was a little shocked with the, with the, with him checking the phone. And, and then I was also shocked that with phones, all the phones are always, lock and you gotta you know do something kind of no no mm-hmm. not but my not, nothing to hide my, yeah exactly my <laughs> issue is yeah if you trust somebody nothing to hide my issue is well not really an issue the only thing is so james went to this is really minor guys i'm sorry james went to the kitchen to get mustard the kitchen looked like it was right there but he was gone for a minute and cyrus sat there for a minute then he finally grabbed the phone and started scrolling through. If there was an urgency, if he just went to get mustard, I'm just saying I would have grabbed, look right quick, and put it right back. Because this is the problem is Cyrus is literally fighting the fact that Cyrus is still Cyrus and the fact that he loves his husband. So he knows his husband lied, right? He, he's sitting there because he's actually trying to reason through all of the reasons that James could have potentially lied to him that don't involve James cheating. Right. So that's that time period before he grabbed the phone. Then he's like, screw it. I need to know if he's cheating. He's he's really trying to give his husband the benefit of the doubt. So that's why there's that pause. Well, I guess what I'm saying, he just should have told him to get some mustard, mayonnaise, ketchup, some less, like some additional <laughs> items just to buffer the time. Just being real. Because at that time, though, at, at the moment when he got up, he didn't know that he was going to look at the phone. Yeah, yeah that's, that's true. true. I, I guess maybe the whole cheating thing. I wasn't expecting Ch- Cyrus to feel like James was cheating on him. I thought he was just going to. What else would you think, though? Because you wouldn't automatically think, oh, he went to Ohio for defiance. <laughs> Like, that's not the first thing that will run through your mind. And he said that my husband is hot. He used to be a slut. <laughs> he well, liked one, that yeah. at the time. Yeah, he liked that yeah. at the time. But once, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I'm just saying, you know, it, even though they're constantly dealing with Hollis and the Cytron scandal, I don't think he would automatically put two and two together. Oh, my husband went to Ohio. Oh, he's researching. Oh, I don't think all that would click at first. Mm-hmm. But, um, so... The FBI, we find out, has footage that shows, or Olivia found out, has footage that shows Huck picking up the phone and the part, or we find out fingerprint could be on that phone or is on that phone. And mm-hmm. they're going to find the woman to see if they can get that phone and then figure out who it is based on the fingerprint. The fingerprint. Now, let's just stop there for a second, because 
I cannot wrap my head around Olivia this episode. Now, not only is she slipping, she is not engaged in Olivia Pope and Associates at all. Right. So she is fully aware that potentially Huck either A, shot the president, because we don't know how off the wall he is, because we see things that they're not privy to, right? Or he's getting set up Mm -hmm. for shooting the president of the United States of America. For the most part, I don't care what other previous client Olivia has had. Let's take this away from the fact that she has any type of working relationship or personal relationship with Fitz. This is presumably the most major case client she has ever had in her entire life. The fact that she doesn't go directly is problematic. Like, she's leaving so many things to, as if it's not a big deal. Like, you're talking on the phone while you're still in the White House. Yeah, she's talking loud, too. You're like, oh, go get the woman. Like, this is the woman who presumably has the fingerprint of the person who assassinated the President of the United States of America. Like, get it together. Have some urgency. Like, you're just going to, and I think Harrison has stepped up, but you're just going to let your associates do that? Something just seems off. Now, yes, she's mourning. Yes, I think she's in a cloud. Yes, I know all of those things. But taken in this space, she's she's messing up on levels that are going to have ripple effects, I think, for at least a couple more episodes. Agree. And she totally, she is messing up. But let's go back to when she actually saw the gun sitting on the table. Did you notice her reaction when she kind of sat back in the chair? I felt like Olivia was like, holy crap, this is a gun who shot the man that I love. And so for her to to go through that, then for Sally Langston, who we, we all agree, she was the biggest bitch to, on tonight's episode. She, that's all my notes. Anytime she says something, I wrote bitch. <laughs> well, let's use witch. Let's use witch, even though I'm the one who always curses. She put <laughs> Olivia in charge of the memorial planning. The funeral. Yeah. So she's at the White House. She's dealing with everything. Then she has to plan her man's funeral. It's true. And then she can't be allowed to see him because Melly revoked her from. So I'm going to give Olivia, I'm going to give her a pass just a little bit. I'm going to give her a little pass. But then why? But then why is no one concerned with who shot the president? Like, this is a matter of national security. Like, that should be the number one priority. Like, to me, it shows how cold-hearted Sally is. Somebody, again, shot the president of the United States of America. We're just going to swear in Sally. We're going to say prayers for the president. And no one thinks that we're still under a security issue? Like, some uh, stuff is off. Like, stuff is off. And yes, I know that we're seeing it from a particular perspective. But even just in so much as someone setting Huck up... You need to be like, yo, this is like a conspiracy on a level that I've maybe never seen. Are they coming after me? Are they coming after Fitz? Like, what is their end goal? Because that is, that's too calculated. It's one thing to shoot the president. It's a whole other thing to put Huck, which is literally you, in the line of fire. It is very obvious that Huck is connected to you. And if it has something to do with his past life, then especially in relationship to spies like us, that's the second time his past life has now reared its ugly head in a way that literally could have killed everybody. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, she was definitely trying. Once she found out about the the prince, she immediately called and said, you know, get the phone. So I'm a jump. I'm a jump on your side just for a little bit. Yeah, she should have done more. But I can understand. So she gets a pass, but I'm going to just 
jump on your side just a little bit, but I'm still sticking <laughs> on my side. All right. Um, so then we see Huck goes back to the house where he had his first date with Becky, and he's observing the family. And that was a sad scene to watch because that was his his comfort spot. I mean, there's a lot of memories there with his personal life and now with Becky, especially since that was their their date. There's a lot of a lot of memories there. Um, and then he falls asleep. It looks like, and he wakes up. We hear a gun click. Becky's in the back seat, and she has a gun to his head. And then Huck asks her, you know, who are you? And that's what you guys said earlier. And she says, um, she says, I'm Becky. And she doesn't say her real name. And she says, you killed three world leaders and I shot one president. You think you're better than me. Um, we're the same. You can come with me. We can be like Bonnie and Clyde. Um, and that was an important scene because mm-hmm. at that moment, that was a, a scene, I think, for Huck where, once again, he was fighting whether or not he should, I don't know if it's his gut, but go with his heart and what he thinks he knows. Or if he should listen to his associates, <laughs> listen to his associates um, and his friends, his basically his family who were telling him, you know, this girl isn't right. Um, and I'm still impartial. Like I said, once I saw the room, I would have been out and trying to get her um, away from me. But, you know, to each his own. Um, so then Cyrus goes to Olivia's house to tell her that his husband is cheating on him. And that moment, um, I was wondering why... It, I mean, if he looked at the number, I mean, I'm good with with visual memory. So if I saw the number that many times, I would have at least memorized it and researched myself to see what it was. But I guess since we find out that Charlie was investigating, he didn't really have to because he had a private investigator get on it. Um, He goes to Olivia's house. And that scene was important, too, because Olivia um, basically said to him, I may not even get to say goodbye. Because like you guys said, Melly revoked her privileges to go to the hospital anymore, Um, which uh, 10... 20 seconds. Last week, when the pen was placed on the the, the sheets, somebody on, on YouTube or Twitter was asking, what do you guys think the significance of that was? I just want quick thoughts on that. I thought it meant that to, like, she gave the pen symbolizing that to us, me and you, Melly, he'll always be the president. That's what I, that's how I took it. Okay. Real simple. Everybody agree? Okay. Just wondering. Okay. And then, um. And, yeah. The, yeah. Right. <laughs> okay. Uh, then Cyrus says, um, says he um, he calls you love his life. Don't you give up on him? And then Cyrus was dealing with his own situation with James, and that's when he found out that James was a hot young thing at one point, basically a slut. And he says, or Olivia had to assure him, you know, you're not going to grow old alone. And I think she was saying that to him, but also to herself. You know, you're not going to grow old alone. You know, Olivia always sees her situation in her personal love situation, especially in other people's situations. And it was a great moment because. Olivia went to James a couple episodes ago to, you know, to um, they had their little bondage. And now James, not James, Cyrus, it was the reverse. And then uh, Cyrus came over to Olivia when he was having problems. So it just goes to show that no matter what they've gone through, they're friends. They have each other's back and you're going through it right now. Don't worry about it. He's not a slut. You know, you're not going to grow old. I got your back. So it was just kind of it's just kind of what it's a moment. I don't know. I was just saying, uh, she didn't say he's not a slut. We don't know. We don't know his sex life. I'm just saying. Well, I mean, but just as friends, she's, you know, she's I know what saying, you're saying. Yeah. I know what you're saying. But at the end, the very important thing she said was, I'll always be here for you. So you're not going to grow along because I'm always going to be here for you. And I think it was implied that Cyrus is going to be there for her, too. So they always have that friendship. Um, so then Olivia goes to Verna and Verna's trying to figure out her options because Olivia is the fixer. And Olivia basically tells Verna the only option for you to do is step down. Can I just yeah, say ahead. the quote that Verna said? You can. Because it's different if I curse because I'm quoting. <laughs> that Bible-thumping bitch is blackmailing me. 
karma is a funny thing. And she said karma is a funny thing a couple of times. Um, And karma is a funny thing because like she was saying, you know, they played dirty. They played dirty and it's all coming back. Just like we said last week, it was ironic how uh, Vernon had to be the one to swear in Sally Langston. Like, it's a lot of things that are coming into play. Um, And then once... Verna said to Olivia that the guy who was a suspected killer looks like Huck. She said it again. She's like, karma is a funny thing. I mean, but even though Olivia, I think, is a little different in that whole situation as far as the the Fat Five, but... She, she's playing her hand. Like, I think she's not... I'm going to have to bring it real quick, like the art of war. She is not sizing up her friends and her enemies, The Fab Five, the people at the table, for the most part, they are running the country, right? You start to see the pieces shift, which is what's happening, right? So I don't care what your allegiance is to Verna. In the dynamic of the relationship, both Verna and Cyrus, to a certain extent, are her mentors, right? That's who she learned from. Verna, on several occasions, has called out things that even Olivia thought she didn't know, specifically her and Fitz, right? So it means Verna reads her, mm-hmm. right? And let's not jump over. She is a Supreme Court justice. It is her job to gather information on every single level, what you're saying, what you're writing, what your body language, so forth and so on. When she said that, she knew she had Olivia because technically the only card Olivia could have played is I was thinking the same thing. Like by her silence, Verna was like, I got you. Do you know what I mean? Because just like you even said between Verna and Sally Langston, you got to come swinging. Like, what, you need to figure out, well, what is she going to do? Why did she say that? Judges don't let things slip. I don't care in what situation. She was literally putting it out there like, it looks like Huck. And she basically, you know, the silence is golden. She got the answer. Therefore, she used that information to make sure that she does not lose her seat. And then Olivia's face was a tell, too, because Olivia, even in the silence, she couldn't even make eye contact. She was looking down. like Exactly. And, you know, there are some people who you can't lie to, whether if you don't say anything. But Olivia cannot lie to Verna. Yeah. Like a mother figure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> for a minute, sound like you're saying. Okay, so then um, Becky goes home, and inside Huck is waiting with the pictures all around. And we've talked about this scene um, in detail a little bit, and we're not going to go in detail again. They sleep together. They sleep together, and then um, while they're after the aftermath of that that scene, Huck asks what her real name is, and she says, "You know, that doesn't really matter, does it?" And then Huck has a brief moment where he reflects and he says, no, it doesn't. And, you know, in all of our minds, at least from what I gathered were our reactions in the room, we figured that there was going to be a click in his head to say, you know, hey, this girl isn't right. Like, why wouldn't she tell me her real name if she really wants to run together, if she really wants to, to know me or if she really loves me, even though even though and before that she told him. Yeah, she told him that she knows about his full past. So she's not going to tell me about her full past. I just know Becky three months ago. I don't know anything prior to. So if this girl really loves me and she knows who I really am and I don't really know who she really is. And then she's not going to even give me a little bit of information so I can test this out to see if it really is love. Then that comes a point. So maybe what you were saying earlier is right. When she when he found the room, maybe he's like, OK, you know, I love this girl. I can I can make this work. But once you see that she's not going to give you anything whatsoever to show that she really loves you then that's the point where you cut it off. And I didn't know at that moment for sure if he was going to do that. 
I actually knew that he knew. I just didn't know what decision he was going to make. So the way that he turned, I knew that he knew. Mm -hmm. I knew he was like, okay, this girl isn't really into me. And then even when he got up, if you notice, like, he almost did like a when you lose your footing. Like, he he almost had like a, he he didn't know what to, he was almost like groggy for a second, which is kind of Huck's tell. I think at that moment he was still figuring, figuring out, like, well, who cares kind of if she doesn't love me? Like, as long as she goes through the motions, I think that Huck is literally that vulnerable and that much of a shell that, like, any type of human contact <clears throat> is good enough for him. So I think he was still working it out. And I have a I have a question. I have to save it for later in the next scene or in a couple of scenes later. Um, but Charlie tells Cyrus... Um, because we find out that Charlie, Cyrus hired Charlie again. And obviously we don't think anymore that Charlie is the killer. So Charlie, we don't think, right? <laughs> okay. Nobody's ruled out. Oh, I forgot our theory about the other gun, though. Okay, anyway. So Cyrus hired Charlie to do some private investigating. You know, Charlie's basically saying, you know, I don't do stuff like this. I'm a trained killer. I do all this stuff. And you have to pay me more for the stuff you're having me do and follow this guy around. And he tells him that he followed him to Defiance, Ohio, or Ohio, and then Defiance. And um, that's when we find out that he's been talking to David Rosen. And that's when Cyrus, everything clicks in Cyrus's brain that, oh, yeah, he really needs to be followed now. Um and Huck meets Olivia in front of the White House in a obviously that's dangerous since he they don't know, but he's the person they're looking for. And Huck says, um, she got to you or Olivia says she got to you, didn't she? She's framing you. And there was a very powerful line that Huck said. He said, do I tell you who to love? He paused and then he said, so don't tell me and walks away like a G. <laughs> I'm just saying that was. But even <laughs> even back up just before that. Olivia, she did something that we hadn't really seen. She actually put her hand in his face. It was kind of like um, he was she said, you're blind. And she kind of did one of those. I don't mean to. OK, you know, how sometimes in women like out my face and they kind of give you one of those little pops or little tinks to your face like she was really upset. Oh, I read it. I read I it the exact yeah, I opposite. It was opposite. Oh. Yeah, that was opposite. I thought it was. You know, when you're trying to get through to somebody because you care so much, and then you just want them to listen to mm-hmm. you, so you kind of go for their face because that when you touch someone's face in mm-hmm. that moment, that shows them that I'm serious and I want to. Mm-hmm. I want you to look through me. I took it as that. Her like, listen to me, Huck. Just listen. And Huck being Huck was like, don't don't touch me. Okay. And I think also too. They obviously have a close relationship, so I think it's almost like he he couldn't let her in. So so that type of human connection would have been too much for him. Mm. And I think at that point, I think he knew what he... I, I still think he was figuring it out, but I still think he knew what he had to do. But at that time, he couldn't involve Olivia. Mm-hmm. So I couldn't quite decide if he was saying goodbye because that's how I actually took it. Like, I thought he was really saying, like, I'm saying goodbye. So I'm just kind of coming to you because I kind of have to because we have a certain relationship. Don't touch me because my decision's already been made. Yeah. And then after he left, that's when the wheels started to turn and he was trying to figure things out. But I, that's how I took it. Yeah. Um, okay. So then we go back to Olivia and she has to plan the funeral with the team. And um, during that scene, she 
turns the pages and she gets to a, a page with pictures of President Fitzgerald. And then that's when she kind of goes into a mode where she tunes everything or everything and everybody out of the room. And then she comes back and she says, you know, it'd be nice if we had his casket outside because that's what he likes. He loves the outdoors. Um, and that just shows the connection she still has with him, despite the fact that she can't be there with him. She knows so much about him. And I just don't know. Real quick. Do y'all understand how cold this is? The, mm-hmm. the man mm-hmm. isn't even dead. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Sally is a cold piece. He's not even dead. They're planning out the funeral, how he's going to be arranged. You turn on the body, ride the horses. He likes to be outside. Sally, like, Sally's a cold piece. Question. Okay, so Melly wasn't in this episode. I would have thought that the wife would She's have- still at the hospital. I don't mean to cut you off. She's still at the hospital. Like, She's trust me. She's she's the fact that Sally is now the president. She is not leaving Fitz's side like she is going to will him back to life. That's specifically why she cut off Olivia's privileges. She let him visit once and then let her. I mean, as okay. far, I mean, as far as the planning, like. But remember at the end know, when 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 Olivia g- gives Sally the actual the final, she goes subject to the first lady's approval. Yeah. But then think about it this way too, the the play and everything. In the first lady's mind, Fitz is gonna wake up and she's gonna be there when he wakes up. So the funeral planning, yes, the first lady's gonna have to approve and everything, but in her mind, no, Fitz is gonna wake up. Sally Langston is gonna be out of the office and everything's gonna be back to normal. And also this is where it gets complicated, and I don't know this for a fact, but also too, the president is different than her her husband so for lack of a better word in the same way that it's america's baby fitz is our president Mm -hmm. so it's america's job to send him off for a multitude of reasons and the reason that even you have the press secretary there is it's a symbolic it's a symbolic honoring your your president to not only your country but to the world Mm -hmm. i think again jumping on what camelia said she's a cold piece because again why are you no but seriously why are you utilizing all of these resources especially on a communications level for a funeral when it needs to be directed towards the american people and whomever is literally coming to kill your president like i'm still that's for me that's my response to everything. Why are they not concerned with who killed the president? And I don't care. And even if it's just one single sniper, the fact that one single sniper was able to be at a hotel that was directly outside and they didn't, they didn't block all those off. Not, like I lived in DC, yes. like, and I, and I know it's necessary and I'm not saying this is a flaw, but that even I'm, I'm not feeling yeah. like, and I know that the, the party was planned last minute. And so I'm, I'm kind of talking it out as I go, but still, they need to be concerned. Like, everyone needs to be looking over their shoulder. And I've been in D.C. for similar situations when there literally was a sniper. And I don't mean to be funny, but when the news reported that there was a white van, every time you saw a white van, you ducked even while driving your car. Like, yeah. it was that tense of a situation. I, and I've just in California when um, when Barack when President Barack, uh, Barack Obama has been here, I've worked events where he's been there and you it's like hell you it's you 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 know so again i have to read that that kind of is a flaw but okay yeah no we gotta move on no no i get what you're saying um so then huck calls harrison and says uh becky is meeting me in an hour and then uh, harrison says you're doing the right thing which what i wanted to say earlier was 
I would have thought that maybe Huck being, you know, the person that he is with the skills, I would have figured once that clicked in his mind after they had sex that she wasn't right, he would have found a way to keep her there. Because that bothered me, you know, if they just after having sex, okay, so meet me later on tonight at our spot. No, 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 no. You don't know. Obviously, this girl has ways of disappearing and not knowing where she is. So why would you let her go? And just hope that she comes back later. And then the fact that she has a whole room dedicated to you. How did he not think that his phone was tapped? In my mind, I was thinking that while he was going to meet her in an hour, Huck in his mind was planning how to take control. So he needed he needed the hour he needed to to he needed to place all his cards in in the right position, which is why he called Harrison because he needed that hour he couldn't be with her and be hugged up with her you know for that hour because he needed time to get himself together because he felt at that moment okay. I need to stop it. I need to kill her. I need to do something. I get what you're saying. I just wish there was a way he could have figured out how to compose himself and figure that out without letting her out of his sight. Could he not have, like, sent a text to somebody and said, can you meet me at her house, follow her, make sure she doesn't go anywhere, something like that? Well, he had, in a way, he had to have left her out of his sight because Huck didn't go to her apartment to meet her with the intention of killing her and get rid- getting rid of her. So he didn't have... The tools, he, like he didn't have anything prepared to do what he should have done. Yeah, Huck went there to you know to talk about it and probably to get the love of his life back. So you know when he left the apartment, he had like Bam said, he had time to reflect, he had time to think about it. Then he was like, okay, I know what I got to do. Yeah, that's when Huck made the call. But he he probably couldn't have done that because he didn't go there for that reason. Right. Um, I don't think I get what you're saying. Um, I yeah. Maybe. He wasn't he wasn't adequately prepared. I just feel like he's Huck. He should be able to figure something out. But um, OK, so then we go home, not home <laughs> to Cyrus's house. We go to his house and we see he's ordered dinner. He has his big, fancy, elegant setup. And um, he basically at the dinner, he tells James that they're going to have a baby. You know, he he has a baby ready if, if James is willing. And, you know, we know the backstory with this whole baby situation and we knew that. I knew at least that James was going to be a little suspicious that all of a sudden he's coming with this baby thing. Knowing the dead giveaway was he was he he was doing good at first. It was a good it was a uh, it was a good gesture. The fact that, you know, um, I'm at home, I'm not working right now. This would be the perfect time. But once he started, he went too far. Once he was like, well, you know, eventually I'll start going back to work. You're going to need to quit right. your job. I was like, oh, damn, you messed up right there. Because again, James just started working and then immediately he things put out the demands too fast. It would have been yeah. smarter if he would have said, okay, you agreed to the baby. A couple of days later, maybe even a day later. So are you still going to work, honey? Or something like that where he acts, but he's kind of implying, you know, you know, I still I still kind of need my jobs. So maybe you want to you want to take some time off permanently, <laughs> like something like that, where it wasn't as impo- I don't know. I don't. Once again, I don't think he went about that the right way. Um, then later on, another sad scene, Huck calls Becky and the phone's been disconnected. And something was off, too, because when he was looking when he was looking in the in the house, there was no movement. Nothing going on. And it looked like that was the time of night where something should have been happening. Well, because he knows. Right. He, knows exactly. he knows exactly. I mean, they're a very regimented family. And I think the dead giveaway was when the dog, dog. the dog right. went towards the house, house and the person had to pull yeah. the dog back. But the moment when he walked into the house 
and he started looking for the family. And it was heart-wrenching for me. I started to tear up because even though we didn't really know the family that well, we've seen them and just see one by one um, them laid out on the floor like shot. And then the moment where I forgot who called it out, but the moment where um, he moved the mother and we saw that yeah, she was trying to. The mom, yeah. the mom died trying to protect the daughter. She was in front of the daughter and she got shot. I think that's what got me. And then also, though, there was this noise we kept hearing. At first, I couldn't decipher what they were saying. But then finally, I, we realized it was. I heard it, but. I, I didn't know what they were saying because I was so focused on the rest of the scene. I couldn't focus on that for a minute. And there's, like, the music they were playing, too. You thought maybe it was an alarm going off. There was a lot going on in that scene. And then we find out that it was Huck telling Harrison to go in after 10 minutes, going after 10 minutes, going after 10 minutes. Um, and that's how we know that his phone must have been tapped. Um, which left us wondering... With, where, with, with, if Harrison, Harrison was safe. Right. Yeah. I got really nervous. Because... Um, because she, she yeah. knew exactly what the plan was. Mm-hmm. She knew... Huck was meeting her at the place to basically kill her or get rid of her. She also knew that he sent Harrison to her apartment. So if she had no remorse to kill the family that Huck adores so much, the family didn't do anything. They were just in the house watching. But she she had the boss to kill the family. She will definitely have the boss to get rid of Harrison because now Harrison is plotting against her as well. And that makes me so Yeah, because, I mean, the, uh, Harrison's job was to plant the gun. Mm-hmm. So yeah, but Harrison was at the he was at the um he was at the workplace when they went to arrest Huck, right? Yeah, that's okay. true. Yeah, right. yeah, and we saw also in the scenes from three weeks from now. Yeah, but he's okay. But that but was our in, initial in that thought. Moment, yeah. and then yeah. thought and that's exactly yeah. Um, so then we found out Becky killed the family at the house. Um, Olivia gives Sally the plans for the funeral or tries to run them by her, and you know Sally being the cold which she is, she wasn't even, like, concerned about the plans or, like, all the specifics of it and everything. She's like, oh, that sounds nice. Okay, cool. And then, I don't know, that her her whole demeanor just pisses me off. Um, and then right after that, Olivia runs into Hollis, and that's when, what we talked about earlier, Hollis basically said, you guys pushed me over to the side and disregarded everything I had planned, so I'm in it for myself now. So you shouldn't be surprised about what I did. Mm-hmm. Um, then we go to Charlie. And Charlie's telling Cyrus that um, James is happy. He's at the baby store shopping for the baby. He's been there for a while. And he's looking at all these things. And then we see that James is there, which I was thinking that kind of too. James is there. And he was talking to the sales rep. And then as soon as the sales rep goes away, he goes back to David where they're, you know, planning. And they're in cahoots trying to figure out um, what's going on with the Cytron thing. And that's when James gives David the card with all the voter information on there, which is going to be scandalous um, in the future because that pretty much everything that's everything um and then abby goes to see david Hold on, real quick just real quick this is gonna the whole charlie coming back in the picture is gonna rear its ugly yeah. head because at the end of the day cyrus just like you said it has nothing to even do with like memory cyrus again is the chief of staff go in run a check figure out whose phone number it is even from the perspective of a jealous husband call the damn phone right and be like who is this that could have mitigated a lot, a lot, because now you've brought Charlie into the defiance issue. Charlie, first of all, has already killed a man at Tanner, right? So he's already too close to you. He's killed the person who was sleeping with the president. Now you've tied him back to defiance. All that has to happen is Charlie gets pushed into a corner by anyone he's going to give you up. Or he's going to start to research. He's going to be like, why is this guy having me follow his husband? I'm going to just dig a little deeper. And now you've brought someone else who is a trained killer to look into an issue that could bring down the presidency of the United States of America. And I wondered too, I was like, um, um, the other, the other 
half would just call on a different phone and just hear the voice. But the question is... And I is, wonder why he didn't do that. That's what I said, yeah. yeah. The question is, though, what you just said, he didn't just call Charlie after he saw the number. He was having him follow before that. So why was he having him follow before that? No, he had him followed once he realized that that he lied about his parent, that yeah. he visited his parents. Yeah, from the time that the mom called. Cause remember yeah. the but mom no, it called. couldn't be because how did... How did he know he went to defiance? But he knew that he went to he knew that he went to defiance because he thought that he was cheating, and so he was right. like, "David's a straight guy. He um, he just got dumped by a redhead." And so, as the conversation continued, wait, but those doesn't make sense no, because no. yeah, it does. It does. Okay, this is what happens. Cyrus is on the phone with with James's mom. He says he never came to visit. He then recalls the conversation that he had when he went to to his work, and he's like, "Where are you?" And he's like, "I'm with my parents." Mm-hmm. So at that time, he knows his husband lied. Yeah. So he picks up the phone and calls the PI and is like, "Yo, figure out if my husband's cheating." That's why at the table. Then he asks him again, and he's like, "Hey, what's up?" Well, actually, it's either one of two situations, or during at the table when he then looks at the phone number and is like, "I don't know this phone number." Either one of those two situations is when it happened. Because then it's only... What Amel is saying is how did he know to look in the travel records to find out that James went to. Well, that's that's Charlie's uh, job. Yeah. Charlie, right. that's what you know, he's saying how did Charlie? But he knew about he was looking at voting machines and all that stuff too. Like how did he? No, know no, 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 no. He yeah. didn't know he that. Didn't know no, he didn't know that. He just he said just he was. Just, he just said some little city. Some yeah, little city. Just little city. Because if you're if you're gonna check to see if your if your significant other is cheating, that's the first thing you're gonna do is it's, travel records. Yeah. You're gonna check credit, credit cards. cards. So you're gonna run through his credit cards, and that's why he specifically said he put it on his expense account, his his professional one, not his personal one, which again leads you to believe that you're hiding something because or else you'd put it on your personal account yeah yeah okay i'm mixing okay. conversations mm-hmm. sorry mm-hmm. gladiators I had to get mm-hmm. some clarification um so then uh abby goes to see david she slaps him twice and then she sleeps with him okay this this scene had me i was uh, what what got me was when they got on the floor and then you only saw the feet i could have swore harrison was going to come in and i just i felt like something was going to happen like i felt like she put him down on the floor and his feet and he was I just I just I was wondering if something was going to happen I had a little bit of feeling but I mean it was more after she hiked her skirt up I kind of knew Harrison was not coming in anytime soon also too they're at David's house yeah Yeah. why would Harrison be coming to David's house just how it was set up how how she put his hand in the mouth and then I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna gonna, gonna try to break this down real quick this, for me, was very sad because we've talked about it before, and mm-hmm. I think that we jump on Abby a lot, and I think that we are sometimes gloss over how much she's been hurt and how much this situation in particular is eating at her because you have the difference between what your gut is telling you, what your heart is telling you, which presumably are in line with one another, and then what the facts are telling you. I think that just going back real quickly, when when David gave her the video t- video information, I think his entire body language was passive for a reason. He is basically trying to show her in all like I'm willing to do whatever you want and take a very passive role because again, she thinks that he is an abuser. In that situation, I think the reason that she slapped him was she was trying to get a reaction out of him. Because in her mind, someone who has done what she thinks he has done, she would be able to see that he's either holding back a reaction or he's going to hit her. Because at least then she has proof in her concrete mind and she can walk away. Right? The entire scene was about her 
needing to be with him because she can't stop herself, even though it's eating up at her because she's not that person that she used to be. And it's all about her trying to control physically, mentally, and spiritually the situation. And it shows up by the way she gets up. She's destroyed because mm-hmm. she, she can't play that game. She can't, she can't live with herself the fact that she still needs him. And she thought that by trying to control the situation and control him, and that's why she slapped him and pushed him in the way that she did to try to physically take control of the situation, it just made her, it worse because it left a hole because that's not the nature of the relationship. They had really fallen for one another. And she really got her answer. You know, I, I felt like Abby, there was a part of her who felt like maybe he's not this abusive person. And when she did all that, she it was almost like she got an answer, you know, so he didn't respond back. You don't think so? I think she's even more confused because I, I think I think she literally I think she's totally confused. And I think that's that spiraling again. I think with the exception of Harrison, again, we have everyone spiraling. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Let us know what you think, guys. Um, <laughs> and then uh, the last two scenes, Verna goes to Sally Langston and says that, um, you know, she can either step down or give the name of the man in the red hoodie, which I thought was a low blow because obviously now she's basically throwing away her relationship with Olivia, in my opinion, because she knows that Huck is connected to Olivia in such a close way. Um, and then the final scene, because of what Verna did, obviously Sally what? I just want to say, did everyone Twitter jump online and talk to me later? Did you catch the Matrix? Blue pill, red pill? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. No. Sorry, I just had to. We'll, we'll, we'll talk afterwards. Okay. Um, <laughs> and then um, the final scene, FBI comes to Olivia Pope and Associates, and um, Quinn was in the hallway, and Quinn runs into them, and they basically shush her until they're not saying anything. Then they see Harrison, and Harrison, once again, tries to buck up and do something. He can't do anything. And then the FBI goes in and gets Huck. And Olivia says, what are the charges? And they say he's being held under the Patriot Act. And it's done. That was the end of the episode. And now we're, we're going to be done for three weeks until January 10th. So, But I think it's very important because I think that we gloss over Harrison's role. Harrison is a litigator. Yeah. So he was doing what he needed to do. He knew that he couldn't do anything in that moment. But then he needed to see where his client was. Right. And the fact that they stopped him and... <clears throat> the fact that it's under the Patriot Act, like, I'm actually amazed that Olivia even said anything. Like, they're done. That's yeah. it. They're they're done. Like, there's absolutely nothing. Like, you don't have the same rights that you do. Like, it's almost as if you exist in a vacuum place that is no longer the United States of America, and there are no rules other than our safety and our security. And again, he shot the president of the United States of America. So not only has she messed up her relationship with Olivia... Olivia might not be able to recover from this. Right. This is huge. Again, it doesn't matter. We can reason and, and and be logical about it that she's had clients that are dictators and so forth and so on. You can't have a client that potentially shot the president of the United States of America. You you just can't. Let alone, how is she going to potentially have this conversation with Fitz when he wakes up? Because right. for me, he's waking up. Yeah. That... That's your client, and so some computer-generated camera shot him. It wasn't really Hawk. No, this is—it's not going to work. So much to talk about, guys. Especially, um, I can't wait to go on for predictions. I know. Uh, so let's first go into news and gossip. After Buzz TV news. So, gladiators, like Sophie always says, you use your remotes, and for the second week in a row, scandal reached a series high. And a season high. Um, it was 
2.5, I believe, was the rating, um, the final rating um, for the 18 to 34 demographic. It was number one show for the young adults. And there were so many people in the comments before, like always, oh, a scandal hater saying, you know, scandal's going to drop down. It's just a Grey's Anatomy lead in. But it stayed at 2.5 from the beginning and to the end. So congratulations to Scandal, Shonda Rhimes, the whole class, ABC. And, you know, I think it's attributed to the fact that Scandal got its proper promotion this last week. They did a bomb-ass job on the promotion. So bravo to ABC for finally getting on page. Um, what's up? And then let's also congratulate Carrie, um, Carrie Washington and the Scandal cast. They were nominated for the NAACP Image Awards for, uh, for 2013. Carrie was nominated for Best, uh, for best Actress, and then the show was nominated for Best uh, Drama. Also, Carrie and Tony Goldwyn were in um, Entertainment Weekly, I believe. Um, they won Best On-Screen Couple. Did you guys see that? They won Best On-Screen mm-hmm. Couple. Um, and I think um, Sophia has some news about Carrie and Oprah and Shonda. Exactly. Well, if you have not watched, and and I would actually go to OWN, but also, you know, go online in the Twitterverse. Gladiators have it handled. Um, Oprah, one of the uh, most important things, I think, for me is Oprah said that she learned about Scandal because of Twitter. So all of you guys on Twitter, you have the Twitterverse handled. Um, Also, Shonda made a very telling slash nervous comment that in her previous shows, there becomes a point when the fans get so vested in the storyline that she feels that she has to take the show back from them. And that's often when she does things that people don't like. Like killing characters. Um, and then uh, there was a table read for episode 2011. So check that out. It's a little bit of a spoiler if you want to read into the 10 seconds that there was actual a table read between two of the characters. I will not spoil it for people who don't want spoilers. And lastly, the last thing that Oprah um, said as she closed her show is she said... Watch Scandal on Thursdays. <laughs> so you heard it from Oprah. You know, obviously Oprah is not officially retired. So again, you know, if anyone has to do an interview because the president is no longer with us, mm. it doesn't have to be Barbara Walters. It can now presumably be Oprah. That's not a prediction. But <laughs> if you know your season one, you know what I'm referring to. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Um, okay. And then what about our shout out? Oh, my goodness. My favorite part of the show is our shout out to our gladiators. And as Bam said earlier, we were number one. I think we were number one all week. So gladiators, that is a testament to you. Thank you very much for rating, subscribing, commenting, and telling a friend on iTunes. Um, so we're going to go through our shout outs for iTunes, Twitter, and YouTube. Hopefully they're also on the screen just in case I mess up your name. We're going to start out with iTunes, Yodi Rod, Maurice McNeil, Nicole R. Forbes, LG, Phil Purple, Aphrodite Wonder, Lady Paramore, Gwang Quinn Dornan, Duckley6697, Tater64, Inza Marie, Samantha Floyd. For Twitter, we have 27 and 82, Awkward Girl LA, Cha Cha Diva 2010, Crystal Childs, Dark Locks Kenyon, Donna Ch- J. Sherald, Dr. Tony Mack. Finances Russ, Gene in B more. Gizmo hates water. Oh, that's so cute. <laughs> <laughs> Grumpy Granny MC, HRH Cole, Instigator, Jackie Blue M, Journey's Gate, Caramel Charmer, Car- Caramel Charmer, Little D12, Loves DD. DDL32, Miss Swan 1492, O22, Peggy Brunouche, Pure Josie, Raza0416, Really Genevieve, Sherlon PW, Sweet Ali926, Taewoo Tribu- Tribulates, Tendaji09, The Soul or- Origin, T Nick853, Tracy India, Vegas Inza, and YouTube, Aaron War12, ACMDU89, AKA For God, Angela Cox, 
Auburn Pookie, Bad192, Barbara Sanders, Beauty IM7, Be Smart 18, Chrissy Dornan 2014, Chunky Butterfly, DJ Candy Rapper, Jazz Jeans, Genie 7, Jovial Depression, Kamakini's London Cheek, Mika the Actress 18, Miss As You Were, Music Film Art Lover, My Name Means Girl, Nakia Harris, Noel Simmons, Poochie 42, Remixy DV, Satina 001, Sustain the Hood, Spicy Pink 49, Swoosh for You, TD Dixon 147, The Barber Jean 2, Tyler Collins, Virgo Dream 24, VKC Sweetie 14, Warda Fuwa, and I missed a couple of Twitter, XOXOCC, Yolanda Unik, and Zoe Alexander. Woo! Again, Gladiators, we really appreciate it because as you can tell, we bring in a lot of your comments as theories in our show. We use them for scandal pace. We use them to really think about what we're going to say and story arc and character development. Um, and we we use it just to make the show better. We really listen to what you guys want to hear um, as super fans. As you know, we're super fans as well. So continue on iTunes, on YouTube, Twitter, but specifically on iTunes to rate, comment, subscribe. On YouTube, subscribe not only to us, Scandal, um, the Scandal podcast, but also to AfterBuzz TV. Make sure that you jump online on YouTube um, and subscribe to the AfterBuzz channel because we have several other shows as well. And always talk to us on Twitter because... You know, we want to hear what you have to say. (laughs) All right, guys. And now let's go into predictions. And now, your After Buzz TV predictions. So since we're running a little low on time, well, not a little bit, um, I think we should do maybe either a question or a prediction from each one of us, and we can carry the conversation on into Twitter. So I already said mine earlier. Did Do you think that David watched the security footage when he got it um, from the hotel? My question is, because Becky came around three months ago, we were watching this and this was happening while we were aware of the situation. So what specifically brought Becky into play three months ago with the intent to assassinate the president? Okay. Charlie is going to play an integral role in something. I have not figured out what, but I still think that Cyrus is going to have to make a decision regarding James okay, <laughs> and how to shut him down. Boy, um, I don't know. I'll, I'll keep it really simple. Based off the, based off the prediction or the, the, um, the new episode that's coming on January 10th, there was something that Senator Edison did. He kind of questioned her in regards to what does this have to do with the president. So I think he's going to eventually find out that, that, that Olivia and Fitz were... Uh, in a relationship. And there you have it, guys. And make sure you tweet us, YouTube, comment, iTunes, everything. We'll talk with you to uh, answer any of your questions. And, you know, we have three weeks to chat. so We'll be back January 10th. <laughs> January 10th, guys. So make sure you continue to chat with us because we will be bored on Thursday nights. I know I will. We all will. No, but also but also go on ABC Scandal Fans, mm-hmm. Scandal 411. I'm almost positive that they will be organizing uh, a marathon. I know that is what I intend to do during the three weeks. I will be watching season one as well as season two and I might even do a Dave Rosen wall I haven't quite figured it out no I'm, I'm literally that far gone 
<laughs> so, that far gone. So, I just want to do a plug for myself. Uh, you can catch me on Facebook at Bam Erickson, and, and currently I'm in a contest for the Doritos uh, Super Bowl contest. So if you go to my Facebook, I'm in this um, I'm in this Doritos commercial, and the, the work the the category is called a Weirdest Workplace, and the title of the commercial ad is called Almonds Revenge. So if you guys can please go to my Facebook and vote so that I can advance to the next round, so that my com- commercial can air on the Super Bowl. And where else can they find you? You can also find me on Twitter. And me at Sophia Stanley on Twitter. At Canelia on Twitter. And at Emilio E. Jr. and ChasingLA.com. Please go to ChasingLA.com. Um, thanks, guys. Uh, we really do appreciate doing this every week for you. And we can't wait to see you in three weeks and online as we chat with you. So, as always, um, I don't say anything at the end. I'm saying like I say something at the end of every episode. We'll see you guys when we're back on January 10th. Love you, gladiators. Bye, gladiators. From Bing.com, executive producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other After shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz you later. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.